Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. Thank you for stopping back into Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I'm your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and I have got something special for you today. Uh, it, it may not look like much, a humble, black, wide-brimmed hat that uh, maybe you might see an old country preacher walking down the road uh, singing something to the effect of God is in his holy temple and a humble bolo tie. Now, if you take those two things, maybe put the bolo tie into the hat and you hold that hat up to your ear, much like one would listen for the sounds of an ocean in a conch shell, you might hear the sounds of thrashing guitar and drums and vocals, and you would be hearing anthraxes among the living, and they are celebrating that album with a brand new graphic novel, and that is what we're going to talk about on this episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Of course, Anthrax came out with the album uh, Among the Living in 1987. It was their second full album with uh, singer Joey Belladonna, and really, uh, this is the album I think that really put Anthrax's stamp on the world of thrash and the world of metal in general. Just uh, from top to bottom, such a spectacular album. One of my favorite albums of theirs because you have so many great songs and, and it really kind of spoke a lot with Scott Ian's uh, lyric writing uh, to what the band liked, what Scott Ian was kind of into. And uh, for, for a fan of horror, for a fan of uh, metal, for a fan of comic books, this was kind of like the perfect storm of all of that. And of course, you had some social issues thrown in there as well. Uh, they had songs, uh, you know, based on Stephen King novels. Uh, you had a song based on a comic book. You had songs about, uh, you know, uh, the world at large, at all in this great thrash metal sound the guitars the soaring leads uh the great rhythm section with uh charlie Bedani and and J frank bellow uh and and joey belladonna's soaring vocals it was just probably uh, <laughs> i don't want to say the perfect album i i don't know if there is such a thing but uh if there is a perfect out album out there this is probably pretty close to it uh, like I said, just top to bottom, a spectacular album. And, of course, Anthrax is celebrating that album with a graphic novel that uh, I ordered. Uh, I couldn't wait to order it. Uh, I did wait to order it, but I didn't want to wait to order it. But anyway, uh, I, I picked it up and uh, was really uh, just, I, I couldn't I couldn't put it down, uh, for lack of a better term. It's such a, a fun graphic novel. Now, the whole idea behind this graphic novel is uh, almost like a book of short stories. Uh, each song is represented as, as a different story, and they have different authors, uh, writers, writing stories, tons of different, uh, you know, artists, uh, you know, colors, anchors, just some of the, some of the best names in, in the world of comics and 
every story is is fascinating uh some of them are bizarre some of them are head scratchers but all of them entertaining and everyone did such a great job on this and we're going to go through and kind of talk about each one of these uh stories and i I gotta say uh right off the bat uh greg nicotero who uh, we talked about in uh and one of our last podcasts, of course, he's uh, instrumental in uh, The Walking Dead and, of course, the Creep Show series. Uh, he redesigned the Not Man. Of course, Not Man is kind of like the Anthrax uh, mascot, if you will. And uh, he redesigned him as a zombie. And <laughs> some of his art uh, is uh, is featured in this and just uh, a fantastic, you know, reimagining of the Not Man character. Of course, it all kicks off. Joey Belladonna does a, an excellent forward. You know, you, you want to find out about, uh, you know, with this album into the band uh you know a shout out to all the the great artists and and writers that have worked on this uh he does a fantastic job kind of setting the table for what turns out to be uh just like i said a fantastic uh group of stories now it all kicks off uh you get a, a little something extra you get a representation of all the songs on the among the living album uh in a comic book story form but you also get a uh, an intro called the not man cometh and it is kind of uh an origin story for how the not man uh got the zombie look that greg nicotero gave it and it, it's such a an interesting interesting little story of course the writer uh, jimmy palmiotti a veteran comic book writer and anchor uh came up with the story uh the illustrations are by uh artist named nelson and it's it's a fun story about uh, Not Man. Kind of just he he lives in this almost dungeony basement area. Uh, looks like he's into all sorts of conspiracies. And you got the TV playing in the background, and like every catastrophe known to man it seems to be happening outside his door. And he walks out, and there's a nuclear explosion. He gets his face melted, and boom you have the uh, zombified version of not man and it's a it's a fun little i guess uh like most of my um most of my podcast episodes this is going to be a bit spoiler i'm going to try not to ruin every story for you but you know i can't talk about them without getting into to some of the detail like i said i'm not gonna i'm gonna try not to be too spoiler but be forewarned there are probably going to be some spoilers but uh the first actual story in this graphic novel is uh the first track on the album uh, among the living uh the story is written by brian Posehn, uh who fantastic comedian uh actor i believe he's even you know he does some music as well if i'm not mistaken but uh really into horror he's been showing up in a lot of horror uh movies and and whatnot and uh perfect uh, and he's a big Anthrax fan as well. Uh, and so he wrote this. Of course, the illustrations are by Scott uh, Koblish. I hope I'm saying that right. And it colored by Aladdin uh, Collar, which uh, he did a lot of work on this, as you'll as you'll come to find out. But just kind of really setting the scene. It's this kid. His mom finds the Anthrax album uh, cassette tape in his pocket. And she keeps asking uh, if this is Satan. And just uh, it reminded me of back in the 80s when everybody thought every 
heavy metal album uh, was had something to do with Satan. But uh, she destroys the uh, she destroys the cassette and jokes on her. He bought the Among the Living album uh, on vinyl as well and kind of flips the bird. And then it kind of goes into he's listening to the album, kind of falls into this dream state, which uh, in this dream he goes through the uh, Stephen King story, The Stand, which the song is based off of. And you get little glimpses of a lot of the key points in the story. And uh, you get some of the lyrics kind of driving through it. Uh, it, it really was kind of like kind of like in a being in a fever dream with the, with the images and the lyrics kind of pounding you know as I'm reading these I'm hearing uh, Joey Bellatona's voice uh, screaming out these lyrics and then it all kind of ends as the stand ends uh, sort of uh, you get uh, a Fran and stew with their baby and then you see a close-up of the baby's face as the uh, kid's falling out of the dream and then he uh, he's there giving the horns up and I, I don't know i i'm not sure if i am to take that the kid in this that's having the dream if he it, it to me it feels like it's implied that he is fran and Stu's baby from the stand uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm reading a little too much into it. Uh, maybe I'm not. I'm not sure if that's uh, an implication I should be getting from it, but it's what I got from it, so, which to me seemed kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if it was intended or not. Maybe it's obvious, and I'm just an idiot that <laughs> doesn't see the... Uh, you know, 500-pound gorilla standing in front of him in the room. But very cool story. Great way to kick off this graphic novel with uh, a song, the title track. It's about a particular book, uh, Stephen King's The Stand. And to do uh, a quasi-literal interpretation of it, you know, it's about the stand, the song is. So the the story in the, the graphic novel is about the stand. I thought that was a great way to to really kick things off with that great homage to that that story that the song is based on. Now, the second track, uh, it goes into Cotton Amash, which was written by Gerard and Mikey Way of My Chemical Romance. Of course, illustrated by uh, Derek Robertson and Philip Sevy, uh, the coloring by Aladdin Collar and uh, this was uh, this was an interesting story. It starts out kind of a, a spaceship. This guy's being brought to this place. It's uh, essentially a world where everybody is put in a mosh pit, and that mosh pit, uh, these kind of corporate suit types are are controlling it and drawing the energy off the people in the mosh pit, pit uh, kinetic energy, if you will, and then. Uh, you get these freedom fighters that are trying to save them, and the uh, the guy that's that's trying to to open up people's minds gets a a rock right in the face, and then uh, then the corporate uh, the fat cat type says, "Think before you speak, or suffer for your words." Uh, and then everybody goes continues on moshing. It was a an interesting story. Now the song is about. Um, the song is about instances in life where uh, people piss you off and you get caught in a mosh. It's essentially kind of a uh, metaphor for 
getting angry or, or whatever, or needing to blow off steam. And the lyrics that, that really kind of spoke to me was, you know, I uh, can't stand it for another day. Ain't going to live my life this life this way. Cold sweat, my fists are clenching. Stomp, stomp, stomp the idiot convention. Which one of these words don't you understand? Cotton amash. Uh, talking to you is like clapping with one hand. And I, I think that kind of resonated me. I kept thinking of those lyrics as I'm reading this. Because, you know, you get these people living this life where all they're doing is moshing uh, for the man sort of thing. And uh, and then you get somebody trying to, to, to free their mind to, to get them to realize what's going on. And kind of a which one of these words don't you understand talking to you is like clapping with one hand. Uh, they're not getting through. The guy gets a rock in the face for his troubles. Uh, that uh, that kind of rang true to me in, in what this story was about. And, and it also kind of spoke to me as, you know, kind of a, a metaphor uh, for, you know, the music industry in itself. You know, you've got these corporate uh, suits that are running the show and they just want to keep you, you know, keep you trapped in this, this mosh pit, if you will, of uh, doing whatever they want, listening to whatever they want. And uh, when, when artists come along, they're doing something different or, or want to break you free from the, the status quo. Uh, the man is more than, than eager to uh, be satisfied with, with them being put down. And, and, you know, you get these people that are essentially slaves to the, to the system, slaves to the man that uh, you'd think they'd want to be, have their minds freed to be freed themselves. And, uh, and they're just so used to what is going on that uh, they uh, balk against anyone who's trying to, like I said, uh, free their minds, if you will. I, that's that's kind of what I got from it, and uh, maybe maybe I'm totally wrong, but uh, maybe I'm not. Uh, but I, I did enjoy that story. It was one of those stories that kind of grew on me. Uh, I wasn't sure what to make of it at first. I was like, oh, mosh pit that's feeding these, you know, these corporate suits, and and it's kind of alluded to that these elder gods are are being fed uh, from this kinetic energy by the the mosh pit through the the corporate suit types uh but like i said it it, it grew on me and I, I really do like this story number three on the track list is i am the law of course this one uh one of my favorite songs on the among the living album of course it's about judge dread uh from the, the uk comic book and this one is written by anthrax guitarist uh, scott ian uh illustrated by chris weston uh, coloring by Aladdin Collar again, and this was like a straight up Judge Dread story. Uh, there's this new drug called Zombie Z O M dash B, and uh, it's kind of turning essentially turning people uh, uh, into zombies. And uh, Judge Dread uh, inadvertently gets infected and uh, and gets locked away in an ISO uh, chamber and. Uh, <laughs> the the reveal at the end of it is is kind of cool and uh i heard somebody say and i can't remember who it was uh some article i was reading how <laughs> if scotty and ever decides to hang up his guitar which I, I imagine he never will but uh uh they were saying you know he could he could write judge dread comics or, or comics in general uh because this was like this was a 
uh, a legit, really good. I, I'd like to see a full comic of this story or other stories. I, I thought Scott Ian did a great job. And the illustrations are great. Uh, you know, it's, it's really a, a spectacular story. Uh, like I said, I'd like to see that story fleshed out a little more uh, in a full comic. And uh, we'll get to uh, Judge Dredd. There's a, another cool Judge Dredd uh, reference uh, later on in the comic. But like I said, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, track number four, Evil Nick of Fesson, NFL. Uh, this one written by Rick uh, Remender and Joe Troman. Uh, I'm probably saying that, uh, saying that wrong, but uh, veteran... Uh, comic guys, of course, uh, Roland Boshi, uh, the illustrator, and colored by Dan Brown. And the, the song, Evil Nick of Fesson, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this was very much a tribute to the late John Belushi. But a guy who's funny, but, you know, he's got a, he's got dependency. He's got, he's got a habit. And uh, just, you know, such a waste of a life. And, and one of the lyrics in the song that... Uh, is that a wasting your life? No future's bright. Dancing on your grave, living life a slave. Uh, NFL and the evil Nick Fesson, That's repeated. Wake up dead in a plywood bed, six feet from the rest of your life when you couldn't see your own dependency. NFL, nice fucking life. Uh, and, and that's that's true for anybody. You know, I, so many, so many great artists uh, and great people in general uh, that have had drug dependencies. Uh, Chris Farley is one of the guys I think of as well. Uh, Shannon Hoon. How you know such talent, and all wasted because you know they just couldn't get past those demons, and you know at the end of the day, you know nice fucking life. Uh, you know you could have, you could have done so much uh, with so much talent, and, and those guys did do a lot, but there there could have been so much more, uh, e- even if it wasn't entertaining us just life in general and uh great song one of my favorite songs uh now the story uh this one was uh a really cool story i really dug this one as well because it kind of played off that theme so to speak you've got this uh you've got this uh kind of mid-rate comedian who kind of makes a deal with the devil or a, a genie if you will you know his wife has left them you know he's he's she doesn't support the fact that uh, he's a comedian because he's not making any money, not supporting the family. She leaves. Uh, he's kind of working at this little curiosity shop. Uh, not Odds Bodkin's curiosity shop, but just a curiosity shop. Uh, the owner uh, who speaks in this, uh, I'm, I'm assuming, I, always, I read it as like some Russian or Eastern Bloc sort of accent, but is expecting this package. And he tells the guy, you know, uh, I think he, I, I remember him not telling him not to open it. Well, he, of course, opens it. Somebody tells you not to open something, you're going to open it. In a comic book, a TV show, a movie, sometimes even in real life. <laughs> it's just human nature. But this uh, this genie-like character pops out. But he looks like uh, like if the devil, uh, the devil crossed with Alice Cooper and David Lee Roth's hair. And he kind of talks like David Lee Roth as well, uh, just in the flamboyance. And I expected him to say "boozy boozy bop zitty bop" or something like that. But uh, he gives this guy uh, these tasks to do, and if he does these tasks, uh, then he's going to be famous and play in front of all these big stars. And he does these t- tasks, and 
and they're horrible. He's, he's asked to steal something. Uh, he's asked to, uh, you know, uh, Tanya Harding, some uh, some old lady. Uh, he's asked to burn down somebody's house. And then there's a twist with the house that he burns down. And he finds out that uh, it's kind of a, a very Twilight Zone uh, meets Tales from the Crypt sort of uh, an ending where, you know, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. And he does end up playing for some very big names and uh, and people of, of much renown, but it's not exactly who he was uh, expecting. And a fantastic story. I, I really dug that one. Now, track number five, A Skeleton in the Closet. Again, another uh, Stephen King uh, story, a uh, novella by Stephen King off the uh, different seasons uh, book of short stories. And this one uh, written by uh, Slipknot, Corey Taylor, their front man, uh, wrote this, uh, illustrated by uh, Man House. And this one, uh, I, I, I was, I, I don't know. I, at first, I... Well, we'll just talk about it. I'm just going to stream of consciousness talk about it. It's about this guy who uh, who's kind of got this monologue going. He's He's got this book with this skull on the front of it. Uh, he invites a, a lady over, slips her a Mickey, and, and then ends up as she's a sacrifice to... Uh, this monster in the closet, this demon or whatever that's apparently been summoned by this book. And then the guy finds out that uh, you make a deal with the devil and it's not all it's cracked up to be just like the, uh, the story before that. But uh, the story, the story is okay. Uh, I would, I have liked it to have been a little more akin to the, um, to the Stephen King short story. I didn't expect like the stand to have a, a direct adaptation of that, but something I, I thought it might be a little something more along those lines uh, because at the end of the book uh, or end of the, uh, the story, uh, the book that this guy has just says skeletons in the closet on it. And that really felt like the only tie in and the fact that there was a closet. Uh, so the story, the story was okay. Um, but the artwork in this, was just stunning. Uh, you had all these reds and blacks and grays and white on the page. Uh, some of the the monologue, the guy talking, was done in like a white, almost a, not a scripty font, but it looked like you know somebody had written it out. That against the like I said, the blacks and the reds and the gray. Uh, red very prominent. Uh, of course, red the color of blood. Uh, just had, gave this a very uh, dark, uh, very visceral, kind of unearthly feel to it. Um, and like I said, uh, the colors are great. The, uh, the art is, is, like I said, very stunning as well. Uh, very haunting, uh, creepy. And there again, uh, maybe, maybe if this was a, a longer story, maybe if there was time to flesh this story out a little better, I would have... Uh, not that, like I said, not that it's a bad story. It just, I, I, it feels like it's missing something. Uh, and I think maybe a longer, um, a longer, a little more real estate to walk around in this world that, uh, Corey Taylor created. I think 
the story could have uh, used a little more time. Uh, but all in all, not a bad story. A really story. And like I said, the artwork, probably some of my favorite artwork in this book. Now, track number six, Indians. Uh, another great song. Like I said, there's not a bad song on this album. Uh, and Indians really uh, one of those songs that's a, a little more um, socially conscious. You know, it, it's kind of talks about how, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the story of our the Native Americans in this country uh, and how they've been treated. And it's, uh, you know, the, the whole chorus, cry for the Indians, die for the Indians, cry for the Indians. Uh, it, it really makes you think. Uh, because, you know, we, we get the story that we're told in social studies class or, or history class. And sometimes that I've always been a firm believer that uh, uh, there's three sides to every story, yours, mine, and somewhere in the middle is the truth. And, and I think that uh, that's how you have to take, like, you know, the story you hear in, uh, in school is, is not the complete truth. Uh, of how things went down, and, and of course, it, it, it's also uh, it's also a, a treatise on you know how we treat our fellow man. You know the one line and uh, lines in this uh, this song, uh, "Love the land and fellow man, peace is what we strive to have." Uh, some folks have none uh, of some folks have none of this uh, hatred and prejudice. Uh, and then it kind of goes on into the territory. It's just the body of a nation. Uh, the people that inhabit it make its configuration prejudice something we all can do without because a flag of many colors is what this land's all about and and that just such a, a great great message um it makes you it makes you think about you know how how we've treated our our fellow man not just you know native americans uh you know black americans uh, Asian Americans, you know, we, you know, as a, a white man, I look at it from that, but white people treat each other like shit as well. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think we as a, a nation could do a lot better job of uh, treating each other better. And I, I think that is a running through theme through a lot of Anthrax's uh, songs over, over the years. And that's, that's a message I like, but, uh, but this, this story, Indians, in the Among the Living graphic novel, is it's a trip. Uh, I I'm still not quite sure what to make of it. It was a uh, an interesting story. Of course, the story written by Grant Morrison, uh, another veteran and comic writer, uh, illustrated by uh, Freddie Williams II and uh, Andrew Dalhouse, uh, colored it. And the I gotta I gotta say right off the bat, the artwork in this is just beautiful uh the colors uh just uh, without really gushing over it's just a a beautifully colored and drawn uh landscape uh you start out in this you see kind of the the world um kind of in ruin it's almost like a post-apocalyptic type world and and each story begins with some sort of quote sometimes it's a line from the song sometimes it's not this one is not and it kind of sets the stage uh on this earth there was a pandemic named after a beer what could go wrong it's just was a great quote to kick off this story and and you look on the first page next to it and you see this world in ruin uh the modern world's gone and 
and and I'm like I said, I'm not really 100% sure what to make of it because you have a, a lot of people uh, in this story that they look like superheroes, uh, but very much of a it, it kind of I'm guessing the premise here is that the world is in ruin and what we have gone back to is the the tribes like the Native Americans of, of the past and uh, you know everyone kind of you know everyone in this it, it's kind of done in a first person from this this main character and uh, everyone has uh, you know kicking deer is one character's name and lots of uh, very native american sounding names uh like that and so that that's kind of what i'm taking it as is the world is in ruins uh and we've gone back to that that tribe uh sense of being at one with the land and but they're still like superheroes they're flying around <laughs> uh looking for uh, looking for their the kids who have been kidnapped by these creatures, <laughs> look like a bunch of uh, uh, zombie gremlin looking things. Uh, it, it's it's a wild ride, uh, beautifully illustrated. The stories the stories out there. I I it's one of those where I want to read it again a couple more times because I'm afraid I missed something. There is a lot of metaphor to unpack in this one. But uh, but it's a it's an interesting story. It's it's a, it's definitely a story, and the story along with the artwork really make you think. And it's one of those where you can look at the artwork and you could just stare at it and find different aspects of it and different you know little nuances and and things in there that um, maybe you missed before. So uh, this was a uh, a fun story to read. And, and like I said, it, it's one that makes you think because I'm still not 100% sure what I read. So I'm going to read it again and, uh, and I'm going to enjoy it again because I did enjoy it, uh, for all the confusion, uh, I have as to what I just read. I, it was a fun story. Now coming up on track number seven is from the song one world, which, uh, again, another one of those songs kind of, uh, kind of talks about a lot of things uh the lines of it uh one world welcome to it one world don't abuse it one world to live out your life one world total schism tunnel vision one world taming the beast fighting for peace uh another line of the song killing uh, you'd push a button that's all you did it's much harder to kill a man when you see a picture of his kids uh it's about how we treat each other, I think. Um, it's about, you know, on a personal level, uh, you to me. I think it's about how we treat each other as nations. Uh, it it kind of talks a lot about Russia and, and, and America. Of course, 90, 1987, when this album came out, it was in the height of the Cold War. And uh, Russia, America seemed like we always had our hands on the button uh, to launch nukes, whether whether that's how it really was or not, that's how it was perceived, and uh, you know, kind of talked about how Russians they're just people like us, and uh, you know, America stop singing "Hail to the Chief." He uh, should be thinking of peace, and uh, you know, I think uh, it also kind of speaks to you know how we treat this world, how we treat each other as people, how we treat each other as nations, how we treat this world. And we abuse it all. And uh, 
that's why I, I probably when I was uh, younger, this was probably not one of my favorite songs. I wanted the songs about uh, Judge Dredd. I wanted the songs about Stephen King. Uh, I want the fun songs that, you know, caught the mosh, you know, thinking of anthrax and the jam shorts and t-shirts smiling and stomping around the stage. That was the fun stuff I wanted to listen to. Uh, now, as I'm older, it's stuff like this that, that touches me more. And uh, uh, another great song off this album. And uh, this uh, story was actually written uh, by bassist Frank Bellow and illustrated by Andy uh, uh, I'm not sure how he pronounces it. Uh, Ballinger, Bellanger. I've heard that uh, hockey fan. Uh, you haven't heard the Bellangers, but uh, also uh, colored by. Uh, I hope I'm not pronouncing this wrong. Tato Caballero. And this was a, a really interesting story. Um, a very. I I, I don't want to say it's a it's a it's kind of a a timeless story. If you will, it's about this guy. He's a banker kind of walking around and he's just seeing all these people act like dicks and being horrible to each other and everybody's standing in line. And it's just he talks about how they're all the same. He keeps repeating that over and over. All these people that are acting horrible to him and acting horrible to each other they're all the same and he kind of starts imagining you know ripping people's hearts out and 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 there's this one scene where he kind of beats the the shit out of a bum and you're wondering if this is just something he uh, imagined kind of like the ripping heart out scene or if it actually happened and it's, i think it's one of those things where it did actually happen I'm guessing. I'm guessing all the other times he he ripped somebody's heart out. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't real. I I I, I kind of took it as uh, it was him just imagining that. But maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, he's walking out on the street, and all of a sudden, um, kind of a callback to an earlier frame in this story. But he get gets hit by a uh, a big armored truck. And does he die? No, he uh, eyes start to glow, uh, hands start to glow. He rises from the ashes of uh, of his uh, near demise, uh, looking like some superhero, and starts blasting people's hearts out. And it is a, a a bizarre and 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 I mean that in the I mean that with the utmost respect. It's a bizarre story. It's a it's definitely it's a horror story. You know that. Uh, I, I again, it's another one of those stories. I wish I, I had more of it. I wish there was more time to to flesh this story out and do a whole comic just on this story. I, I think it's uh, fa- fantastic. It's a it's a great idea. Uh, where the story came from, I, I don't know, uh, but it kind of it kind of lends itself to to what this uh, song one world is all about. How we treat each other horribly. And, uh, and this guy had enough. <laughs> and, and uh, like I said, uh, fantastic story. Uh, again, very well drawn. Um, it's, it's very, uh, of all the stories, this is probably one of the more like traditional comic book style stories. And, uh, and like I said, uh, just well drawn, uh, a well told story. Again, I wish there was more, I wish I had more of this story. Uh, I will. I would pay for that, uh, and probably one of my favorite stories um, 
in this in this Among the Living graphic novel. Now we're coming up on track number eight, ADI, Horror of It All. Of course, this one is written by Brian. Again, hopefully I'm pronouncing this right. If not, my apologies. Azarello and illustrated by Dave Johnson. Now, the story, Horror of It All. Uh, again, another one. This one comes late in the album. Uh, some of their more serious stuff came late in the album. Uh, and this is kind of a lot of the same. Uh, this almost feels like, um, you know, you lost somebody tragically uh, by murder. Um I know, I know Charlie Benandi uh, lost his brother. I, I can't remember when that actually happened, if this was before or after that. I could see this being about that, that you lose somebody um, and that grief turns to anger and that anger turns to rage and you know the horror of it all, not just the, the loss, but uh, the, the anger and rage and hatred that builds inside a person. Uh, that's horrible as well. Um, it's not good for a person. And uh, there's a lot of levels to this song and, and the meaning of a horror of it all, I think. And and the, the story doesn't take as... Um, doesn't take as... Not a serious a turn, but it, it kind of applies uh, that principle of the horror of it all. Uh, very loosely, but uh, it is as a horror. Uh, it's it's a I don't know a distant future uh, because they have robonauts, robots that people put their uh, consciousness into to fly to fly through space uh, long distances that the human body couldn't endure uh, being in space for that long. This guy's uh, this guy's consciousness is in this robonaut. Uh, he kind of crash lands on the space station looking place and he's he's trapped there now his his spaceship is destroyed and he's talking with somebody back at uh, mission control um, and he finds out that this guy kind of kind of orchestrated him crashing here uh, because he's banging the robonaut's wife and they're going to pull the plug because uh, he's been, she's been told his wife's been told that he's in a coma and they're going to pull the plug and he's going to be stuck as a robot lost in space. And it, it's very much a, I could see this as like a twilight zone episode or an outer limits episode. <laughs> it's a, it's a fun little short story and it's a, it's the kind of story that, uh, you know, that the horror is made of, you know, the, the idea that, like I said, all those great Twilight Zone episodes and Outer Limits episodes that dealt with space and space travel and people being trapped places. And and that, I think, it was, if not a big inspiration for it, that is what, uh, what I took from this. It's very much akin to those great old uh, Twilight Zone episodes. And uh, it's, there again... This is another one where it's kind of drawn in a classic uh, comic book style, but coloring-wise, it is all black and white and like this bluish slate gray kind of... It, it very much feels cold and distant and uh, feels like outer space. And that was a, a great 
touch by the by the artists involved in this uh, because it really lent itself to this story about space and the loneliness of being uh, trapped uh, was was a great touch. Now the final track on the album and this uh, this book of short stories is track number nine, "Imitation of Life." Now the song is very much about you know Hollywood and Los Angeles and the music scene and kind of the sleazy deals and uh, media creations and monster creations uh, made by media and record reps and agents and that sort of thing. Um, you know, there's there's constantly references to take my advice, listen to me, great opportunity. Uh, can't you see only one th- what's best for you? Uh, there's a line that shows up. It's great. We love you, babe. Let's do lunch. That sort of thing. Uh, one of my favorite lines in this song uh, is about uh, uh, bands dressed like women with hairspray and lace. I'd pass an image law, stick it in their face. Let's see how long they keep dressing like this way, uh, wearing this image 24 hours a day. And it's very much a slam against the 80s glam metal. And at the time, I was really, I I still love the 80s glam metal, but I will be the first to admit the, the, the poofy hair and the women's makeup and the, the, looking like ladies i think a poisons look at the cat dragged in one of my favorite albums uh but the way they looked on that was in hindsight at the time i thought that seemed pretty different cool and out there and rebellious and now i think it looks a little ridiculous and i'm glad a lot of those bands ditched that look very quick uh you know bands like uh, poison and cinderella uh, ditch that uh, that whole look uh, essentially by their second albums. Uh, you know, there's some other bands that kind of held on, but they were uh, some of the posery bands. But uh, <laughs> I always laugh at that line because uh, you know I love that I love that era of music. Uh, I love it still today. But they made a good point. But imitation of life, you know, about the fakeness of Hollywood and and L.A. And uh, that is kind of kind of at the heart of this you want to talk about wild rides you want to talk about what the f did i just watch or read uh at the end of it uh that's this story imitation of life in this uh among the living uh graphic novel the story is written by rob zombie and think of every bizarre thing rob zombie's ever said uh or done and or sung uh it's that's this tops it all. Uh, the illustrations are by Eric Rodriguez and the coloring by Stephen Chanks. And uh, this is a, a wild, bizarre ride. And it, it was one of those at the end of it. Uh, it looked so different. It felt so different from where it started. It starts off at this, uh, uh, they, they, oddly enough, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's a nod to Greg Nicotero, maybe it's a nod to George Romero, uh, but they start off in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, at a, uh, a baseball game. Not the Pirates. I'm sure they couldn't use the Pirates because of uh, copyrights and and trademarks and whatnot. But the, the Pittsburgh <laughs> taking on, I believe, St. Louis or Kansas City or some other team. But alien invasion. The aliens they start zapping people, and one of the aliens re- realizes he can put on the face. Uh, one of the the pirates and so they all start 
putting on these other faces. Uh, even the mascots getting in on the action. The mascots uh, uh, starting to act like Jesus. Uh, I know there's there's a metaphor there. Uh, there's a lot of the Rob Zombie was heavy handed uh, on the metaphor. Uh, both subtly and not so subtly uh, beating you over the head with it. Uh, but all of a sudden, the world turns into these aliens dressed up like uh, real people, Laurel and Hardy, one of the apes from Planet of the Apes. Uh, you got Ronald Reagan's head on a swimsuit model. Groucho Marx is selling steak. Uh, Marilyn Monroe is a, is a centaur-looking... Uh, the Fonz has robot legs. I, I, I'm not sure what the hell was going on. I'm, I'm still not sure. Uh, then you get this lady and her, her robot friend. Uh, looks like a, you know, if C3PO were on steroids with the anthrax, uh, the the anthrax pentagram logo on it, and they're going to the uh they're doing a blood-o-rama tonight at some uh you know fighting dome there's b arthur in a swimsuit taking on george the animal steel it is probably one of the most effed up you've got telly savalas all fat and bloated like he's job of the hut with princess leia who they call princess fisher uh, very meta there um there's a real job of the hut it's just i it's one of those stories where I don't know where the hell to begin. I don't, there's, there's no real, you know, plot points. It's just all over the place it, and and not necessarily in a bad way. It's just a, what the hell is going on? Uh, just hold on tight. And, and, you know, like Ric Flair used to say, it's a lot easier jumping on than it is jumping off. And uh, this is one where, uh, you got to hold on tight because uh, jumping off is going to be a, a rough road. But uh, the uh, the humans win in the end. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, that's not even, you know, I can't even call that a spoil because, Jesus, the ride you get to the end is so bizarre and so out there. That's, I I, I couldn't spoil this whole story even if I tried. And I tried. I, I told you a lot of things you're going to see in it, but that's that's the tip of the iceberg. It is a, is a bizarre story, uh, very much uh, a Rob Zombie story. And while it's not my favorite um, story in this collection, it is probably one of the most memorable just because uh, the images that are burned in my brain because, because of this story. Uh, I can't I can't unsee some of that stuff. Now, one of the cool things about this, that, that wraps up the stories and the track list for uh, Among the Living. Uh, but the cool thing at the back, uh, they got the back pages uh, with cover and print, uh, print gallery. And they've got a lot of really cool prints. Uh, you've got the, uh, the cover of this uh, is the Anthrax Among the Living album. With you know, it's kind of got that uh, <laughs> that cat from uh, I can't remember the actor's name uh, or even the character's name, but from uh, Poltergeist Two, uh, who I kind of referenced earlier. He's got the old country-looking preacher singing "God is in His Holy Temple," looking creepy AF. 
as the kids would say, uh, he's on the uh, a version of him is on the original Anthrax Among the Living album. And uh, of course, they did the Greg Nicotero not face version of him. Uh, you've got that cover in the back uh, redone. You've got uh, Among the Living with the uh, with the zombie not face and some other real cool details. Uh, kind of looks like a the cover of an old EC comic. Uh, very cool. I would love to. I don't want to cut that out of here, uh, but I'd love to have a framed copy of that. That that's pretty badass. Uh, Charlie Benani uh, did a uh, a painting because he's uh, a fantastic uh, illustrator in his own right, and he did a uh, a cover of the Judge Dredd kind of Judge Dredd looking in uh, shattered glass. Uh, at like a zombified Judge Red, very cool. Uh, then they've got some other artwork. Uh, I'm guessing this is the band, uh, all skeletons, uh, pretty badass. They've got at the very end, uh, you know, it's it, it's funny, it's touching, it's cool all at the same time. They got the Evil Nicofessin, uh, Anthrax. They've got um, kind of the the John Belushi character with the knot face. Um, there with the bottle and, and and the sweatshirt of the shirt that says college and, and in front of the frat house and it's kind of got the uh the uh circle almost like the spirally circles from uh, um state of euphoria it's just very good cool. there, there again uh it looks like the cover of a comic book and uh kind of a nod i'm sure to national lampoon but uh that's another one I, i'd love to have that uh, like framed, hanging on my wall in my rumpus room. But then there's some other cool stuff. There's a, a drawing in Greg Nicotero on the back, uh, zombie not face, and uh, and that kind of wraps up this uh, this collection, uh, the graphic novel that is Anthrax Among the Living. Uh, well worth the money I spent on it. I'd, I'd do that all over again. They could do one of these for every album. And uh, I'd be like, just take my money. Uh, I love Anthrax. I'm a huge fan of the band. I'm a huge fan of uh, of all their music. I mean, I'm I'm a Joey Belladonna guy. Uh, that's the Anthrax that I knew. No offense to, to Neil Turbin. Uh, no offense to John Bush. I mean, he's, he's a great singer. I just... And I know there's a lot of John Bush fans out there, Anthrax era John Bush fans, but uh, you know, I think a lot of those fans became fans of Anthrax uh, when he was uh, the lead singer. A lot of uh, kids that grew up in the '90s, millennials, and 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 stuff like that. Uh, no knock against that, but I'm a Joey Belladonna guy. Uh, that to me is the voice of Anthrax. When John Bush was in Anthrax, they put out a lot of great stuff. It just didn't feel like Anthrax to me. Uh, the Joey Belladonna stuff, uh, that's that to me is Anthrax, and uh, but but I'm a huge fan of of all their work, their their entire library, and uh, this probably one of their greatest albums, um, but they're also one of those bands that just got better at, with every album, and they evolved with every album. So to say this is their greatest album. Uh, I, I can't even say that because then that kind of, you know, the, where they grew and they, you know, they ended up and are at now, uh, that kind of is disparaging against that. Uh, and I, and I don't want to be because the stuff they're putting out, you know, for all Kings, um, 
you know, worship music to just amazing albums. Uh, but Among the Living has to be one of my personal favorites. We'll put it that way. Um, because, like I said, there's just so many songs. Uh, as, a, as a kid growing up in the 80s, uh, you know, born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s, um, who was into horror movies, uh, who was into comics, who was into Stephen King, who was into metal. This was just like the perfect marriage of all those things. And for them to uh, memorialize that, if you will, in this this graphic novel uh, through comics, uh, that to me was pretty special. When I saw that they they were doing this, I'm like, I, I may not get it right away, uh, but I gotta have this. And uh, I encourage everyone if you love if you love cool graphic novels, if you love uh, cool stories, uh, if you like the different, if you like a nice collection of various artists' artwork. Uh, this is this is like the perfect thing because uh, you've got so many different uh, talented artists uh, showing off their craft and and there's a lot of great artwork in this. Uh, not to mention, like I said, great stories uh, representing great songs from a great band. And uh, I enjoyed every second of it. So thank you, Anthrax. Uh, I didn't know you didn't do it just for me, but uh, it felt like a love letter to the fans and a love letter to uh, to a guy like me who has loved your music for so long. And uh, thank you for, for putting this out there. And like I said, again, if you want to do this for any of the other albums, uh, you've got my handful of shekels. Uh, at the ready because i'll plunk it down every time so uh, i want to thank everyone for listening uh check out our facebook page odds bodkins curiosity shop uh like the page uh you're gonna find you know we're, we're always posting the um posting the podcast on there but we'll also you know i'm scouring the the interwebs every day looking for for cool uh, stories to share with you or give you my, some of my thoughts and opinions uh we'll talk about the things we're doing coming up uh, you know if it's horror if it's fantasy if it's sci-fi uh tv film uh music uh books uh i'm trying to talk about it all because uh, those are the things i love and um and i want to share that with you uh, my thoughts and opinions may not matter, but I'm going to share them with you, and uh, hopefully you agree, or if you don't disagree, at least uh, respect my opinion, and uh, I'm sure uh, if we ever get the chance to uh, converse, I will try to do the same in kind. But uh, again, thanks everyone for listening. Like the fan page on Facebook, uh, give us a review. Five stars would be great. Uh, I'd love it, but uh, but any review uh is is much appreciated and uh thanks for listening so until next time thank you for visiting odds bodkins curiosity shop we hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon but even though you may come back you never really get to leave odds bodkins curiosity shop <laughs>